So hello everybody and welcome back to Folk on Falcons. I'm Philip Mundy and joining me is Ian Joseph. As always, you can find us on social media. So on Facebook, if you type in Folk on Falcons, you'll see our logo and our Facebook page. And on Twitter, if you just type in at Folk on Falcons, and of course, we'll see the same picture. Very good. So we've had a couple of funny episodes. The last one, the Matt Thompson special, where we found out a lot of information. And I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And then this one, because we're ending up with three games in six days, we're going to do a streamlined speedy episode where we'll review our defeats to both Worcester and Sale in the Premiership and Premiership Cup, respectively. Have a very brief chat about other things. Um, we might save you from a rant this week. We can't promise it. We'll try. And then we'll round up relatively promptly. And then um, you'll be able to hear from us again early next week. So um, the game against Worcester eventually got the green light. It's not been expunged from the record yet, but we all hope it has been. Really was dire stuff once again. Yeah, I mean, uh, you say streamlined episode, we'll still try and keep the criticism as streamlined as possible. Maybe quite difficult, but worst ever away defeat, worst ever defeat. Maybe not worst ever, but certainly you've got to think for a very long time, given level of opposition and all the circumstances. And yeah, of course, they were always going to be very, very up for it. I think that was always going to be obvious. And it was going to be a really tough game. So in many ways, it was on paper two very evenly matched teams, which could have gone either way and you could you could have expected to lose that. I don't think there was any, necessarily any shame in that, but it's the nature of the defeat. It was absolutely terrible in every aspect. You know, we, again, we got in the lead, but that's as good as it got. Never McGuigan try again, what would we do about him? But after that, it was just nothing. We weren't in the game whatsoever, both with ball in hand and defensively. I saw a really good comment someone put on, said that we just look like jelly babies. Uh, I think that has been unfair on Jelly Babies really he's still got a bit of nice taste to them but I think that sort of summed it up really absolutely terrible it's one of those things he sort of lost for words and I I was you know I think I was sincere when I was genuinely shell-shocked when I saw the result I'd come off the pitch playing myself and I sort of kept track of the last 10 minutes couldn't really quite believe it it, yeah absolutely diabolical really looking at the tries we conceded it seems that once again it's the the same stuff as ever the just cutting us for ribbons whenever teams move out wide. We've got defensive coach, allegedly, but I remember two or three seasons ago, we started the league and we had a fantastic blitz defence. And I remember we went away to Bath and beat them first game of the season and we were also very good, very good, and then continued for three or four games. And since then, it's just been a gradual progression. And I remember discussing on the podcast how we said, if teams just start chipping it over the top or work us out or go wide quickly, that means think of plan B. And teams have worked that out and we haven't got a plan B yet. And Every week we concede tries in the same way and somebody somewhere needs to pull their finger out and work out a way of stopping it. Yes, we don't have our starting centres. Well, I say we, we do have a starting centres, they're starting the matches, but we don't have the two Matthias, the Argentines, Orlando and Maroni, who hopefully when they come back will show things up. But these are professional rugby players and they're starting in the Premiership. And it seems that it's not just the centres, it's the whole back line out wide. There seems to be no cohesion organisation, whatever you want to call it. And as soon as the ball makes it into the three quarters of the wide channels, then even if we tackle them, they still go forward 20 or 30 yards a time. Um, yeah, it's exactly that, really. Um, and we've seen that time and time again. J- just as you say, how it's there seems to be just such, at times defensively, we have looked pretty solid. I mean, we've, even before Worcester, we've had conceded a lot of points earlier this season, but at least we've scored some, again, until Worcester. Over the past couple of years, I think on the whole, we've had a decent defence. And that's been kind of the one positive. And we still, of course, have the same problem of... of attacking it seems to be or rather we have scored tries the past couple of games but that just seems to have just 
dropped off all of a sudden and gone back to what it was last season. Um, very much regression. And and again, probably like what we said last season, like how how do we solve this and, and, and quickly? The two Argentinians, I'm sure, will help. I mean, they've got to. I mean, it can't be any worse. But uh, I wonder if they're going to, if it's is it how they're coached, is it how is it how they're, they're trained? Is it, are they going to make that much of a difference? Will they make enough difference for us to actually start to get a win or two? Yeah, it's got to come from somewhere. I, and after the first couple of games, although we lost, we we had a number of silver linings we could take from those clouds. Whereas this one, um, I think everyone that's played amateur sport or sport at a higher level or we've had games I certainly have where you end up playing bottom of the league or someone with, who's already been relegated or something and you go in with the expectation you're going to absolutely waltz it you get an early score and everyone switches off and the opposition's all fired up because they've got something to prove and pride to play for and before you know it you're three or four scores of in whatever game down and the game's as good as gone I, I feel like that's the only thing I can hope that happened against Worcester at the weekend, we got ahead. We thought it was going to be a doddle. They rolled the dice, got the win behind them. And then the crowd, obviously, the last time they could potentially have a cheer at six ways, they went and turned us over royally. And all we can hope for is that, well, don't want to hope for the demise of a professional sporting club with a great history, but all we can hope for is the result gets expunged and we can all just forget about it and wipe it from our memories because it was absolutely terrible. for the. If, if you look at... Um, the record books, that's going to be one of our... We've had, we've had some pretty bad defeats over the years. I remember various ones, which I'm not going to delve into, but the one at the weekend, I'd say, was probably one of the most embarrassing. I think, as I said, I think it is possibly the worst, if not up there's one of the, the worst, because you've got to remember who we're playing. Yes, we've been annihilated by very good teams. You know, Exeter away, Leicester away, a couple that have come to mind over the years. And, you know, we've got 70-odd points put, put past us, that sort of. But that's when we're playing, you know, academy players against a team that's looking to win the league, for example. But th- this is very, very different. This is a strongest team we could have put out against a team which had nothing to play for, which very likely are just gone. And, you know, they've had all the disruption to their training, haven't been able to train properly as well. And as you say, you know, we hope that it is just a mental switch off when they thought, oh, we're ahead. This is, we're gonna, this is gonna be easy now. Yeah, we'll get our win and whatnot. But all right, maybe that's an excuse for the first half. Maybe they could have been blown away in the first half. But what the hell was said at half time? Because I think it was even worse in the second half. You know, as you say, you know, these are professional top level sportsmen. Do they not have a bit of professionalism in order to think, hey, you know, we've got to try and turn this round a bit. We, you know, this is going, this is going to be in the records the rest of our careers. It's just, it's really, really worrying and quite depressing. Well, it was the last 15, 20 minutes where it really went to ride where they got th- three tries, I think, in the last 15 minutes. And I think basically we realised we were out of the game and there wasn't long enough left to score. So we just stopped playing rugby and then got absolutely battered. Then we, we move on to two or three days later, um, when was it? Three days later, against Sale at home, everyone thinks, right, well, it's the Premiership Cup, it might be a chance to have a good cheer. 1,500, couple of thousand who bothered to turn up. Certainly went there and at least we scored a few tries, but once again, as you said before we got on, started recording, it was just the same script. Yeah, um, exactly that. You could write the script for these games, you really could now once you've seen enough of these. Um was it started much better than last week? I think Sale really got in our half for the first 15 minutes or so. It was all us. And then Sale did get to the game more. But having said that, we were quite clinical in, in the points we took. And I think mean, probably deserved to be 
going in half-time winning. But it's the same thing of gifting easy points. So we gave points away straight away from the kickoff again. Yeah, a really poor charge down. And then I think it, what summed it up was when their man got Simbin for an absolutely really awful challenge on Stevens. I mean, really lucky to get the only yellow for that. But I mean, it was essentially a sending off because of less than 10 minutes left. But had a line out, five meters out. All we had to do was catch and drive it where we looked good, actually, that part of the game in that period of the game as well. And of course, you know, I would have literally bet everything in anything that he they would have messed up the line out. And of course they did that because of course that's what they do. And that was really the chance gone after that. They just gave away penalty after penalty after penalty. And then eventually Sale just slotted over the last one of those to mean we don't even get bonus point from it. Um, so from what was a reasonable start, it just became, a, a, well, just a sort of the disappointment that I've unfortunately come to expect even at home recently. It's a shame because that game was very winnable and it would have been a real confidence boost for I think everyone at the club just to have at least got that first win of the season. I know obviously it was more academy players than the first team players, but even so, I think a win would have, would have done wonders for everyone. And of course, they, they failed to do that. So if we do look for a few silver linings, obviously you said some quite clinical play at times when we actually managed to score some points. Um, don't know who's managed to see the the highlights, but um, you were there. I saw the the video clip of it. Um, Elit Obatayinbo. Um, it's not going to be long before we see him on the bench or maybe even starting for the first team because he looks like he's got some certainly attacking prowess. I haven't seen him defend too much yet, but um, he certainly wouldn't look out of place in... Um, the, the starting 15, as far as I can tell. Yeah, well, I suppose it's only a shame he's only, he's only here a couple of months, isn't he, on, on loan from Saracens. I mean, there, there were a couple of other players who I think stood out as well, but it was hard because there was a lot of changes all the time as well. Um, I think also a little frustrating from a supporter point of view was when the game was in the balance, even towards the very late stages of the game, we were making changes for the sake of it to give players game time, which I know, you know, is part of the point of the competition but at the same time you know I think we want to try and keep the strongest team as possible to at least get a win I mean once we're out of the competition then perhaps you can chop and change a bit more because it may as well but I think at this stage when you're looking for your first one of the season you're at home then I think maybe a few less changes and yeah that's obviously that's how they decided to roll with it and I don't think it paid off. So aside from Obata Yimbo who else caught your eye in terms of the the new faces? Um, I thought for me I think it was nice to see Josh Thomas have a bit of a rout. I thought at times he looked good, but again, it was it was quite disjointed with ball in hand at times. So it's hard to sort of really sort of pick out a lot of players in terms of individuals when it just wasn't really quite, quite clicking. But I thought we saw glimpses of what what Josh Thomas could can do. Uh, Steve, I thought both wingers, um, Louis Johnson as well was really good. I thought um, some of the the. The some of the, the place kicking or King Jones actually quite good as well. I mean, a few other players sort of made their debut as well. I, I don't think many players as an individual sort of let themselves down. I know obviously this could be their first chance playing as the first again at Kingston Park. I don't think it'd be too critical, but I just thought as a as a a cohesive team and, and the pattern just wasn't there. Similar to I suppose it was done similar to Watson, similar to what we've always seen with ball in hand. You know, we were going side to side and backwards and Sale were making ground all the time. And I think that's really the, the, the difference, I suppose, at the end of the day. So you mentioned Louis Johnson there. We've seen him play uh, various positions over the years for the England age groups and the Falcons. He hasn't started. I'm not sure he started for the, the first team yet, but he's played centre, he's played fly half, he played fullback. Do, does he look like the sort of player where 
all the hype is warranted. And how long do you think it'll be before we see him getting into the first team? Or do you reckon, unfortunately, it might be another Hayden Wood scenario? Really hard to tell. Like, like I said, I think it's very difficult from looking at last night's game to really say for definite either way. If we were playing better, then perhaps having all confidence to say, oh, yes, this is a player who we can start to put more into the first team because he's play- I can quite clearly see he's playing well, we're winning, and et cetera. But I think it's hard for in a team that, that isn't playing well and losing for individuals to stand out apart from perhaps individual moments of brilliance. But when you're trying to watch their general game, I think it's hard to tell. He, he did look one of the better ones, certainly. And I think the more exposure you give him in games like the Premiership Cup, the, the better he's going to be. But in general, I think players like him, you've got to make sure it's not another Hayden Wood, really. And we have to to treat them better and I suppose give, give them more game time, which I think is a criticism of, of what happened with Hayden Wood, really. I think if we do have these players, and now some players like him who come through who do look very good, then I think you know we should give these players more opportunity rather than some of the players who have been underperforming who would normally beef in the first team squad because if you're going to be losing every week then then why not roll the dice sometimes like that yeah and I think it's important these players get into the starting 15 this side of Christmas not after Christmas because as happened with Hayden Wood last year he had a run of games and then announced he was off because presumably being tapped up earlier in the season where we need to get them playing first team rugby and sign a new contract before it gets to that stage so um, I guess if the club wants to keep him then they need to get the paperwork under his nose sooner rather than later and there's no way no better way to sweeten that sort of deal than to get them starting for the first team in the Premiership. But um, if we briefly look ahead, on Friday night, we are hosting Bristol. And I know that over the years, we've sometimes had a bit of good fortune against Bristol and come away with the points. But I'd say two things are going to factor into it. One is, will the Argentines be playing and will they be playing at the, the level that they've been playing when they overturned New Zealand? And will the whole team be cohesive and have had an absolute rocket up the backside in the last week or will it be more of a lackadaisical rolling over and getting comprehensively beaten? Um, I think it's going to be either one of those two negatives either comprehensively beaten simply because we're just not playing well enough we're just simply not good enough or there may well be a reaction um, and that reaction just simply again isn't good enough Um, I mean Bristol have been playing so far this season really well I think they're arguably the best team at the moment. I mean, I don't know if there hasn't been much of the season gone, but they are looking very good. Very A very different proposition to when we played them last season. And quite frankly, when we beat them last season, we, we were better. So uh, that obviously doesn't help things at all. Um, I think it's going to be a very long afternoon, I'm afraid. Uh, you know, we may have periods where we do get ourselves together and have a bit of a go at it. We may score some tries, actually, but I just can't see us. And scoring Bristol, quite frankly, I can't be any way to put it. I think we all hope to see the Argentinians involved. Um, I remember in the pre-season chat they had um, how both Argentinians said they want to play. I think it was Waldo who said that both of them want to play as soon as possible, but it's a question of whether they think they're ready and they've had enough training sessions or whatever. But I think, you know, just, just put them in there, surely. Surely. I mean, we know how good players how good they are as players and I'm sure they can only improve if it doesn't work then you can change things but I think you've, you've got to roll the dice you've got to you've got to play them and we've got to try and get as strong a start as possible to have any sort of chance really yeah and I guess one silver lining could be the weather um we're close enough now the forecast might be reasonably accurate and it's forecast to be absolutely horrendous on Friday afternoon but then it's actually going to be a reasonably nice evening but if that weather shifts back a couple of hours makes it miserable for all the Bristolians after traveling up hopefully they'll um want to get back on the bus as soon as possible and they won't be focused on the game. But I think that that could be 
hopefully the elements playing into our hands, but um, then I guess the Argentines fresh from the Southern Hemisphere might not be too keen on that either. So we promised it was going to be streamlined and not have too much for a rant. Now, I think it's definitely streamlined compared to normal. I think we might still have a bit of a rant, but what do you expect? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully over the weekend we get to talk to each other and talk to you about a famous victory or even just a victory. We shall see. So thank you for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.